The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Welcome, Springs Church. We're so glad you're here this morning. And if you didn't notice, this month is Missions Month. Our theme is Connected. And if you're new with us, February is what, what we do in February every year is we celebrate missions and our missionaries. And I have to say what an honor and a blessing it is to have Paul come up and do our communion homily. Isn't that right? Isn't that amazing? It all comes together the last Sunday of missions where it's Mission Sunday. And we are going to be um, hoping through pledges and giving to raise 115,000 this year for our 2020 missions budget. So I want you to think about how you can be, uh, do your part in that goal for this year. But this week, I'm looking at Mission Local. Next week, we'll hear from Celeste Dvorak. She's our mission chair. And then last on Mission Sunday, John Osborne is going to give the sermon. But each week, we are going to look at our missionaries and how God is connecting us here in Oklahoma City, but across the globe as well. So today I want to do three things, just focus. First, what we're doing here, then we're also going to look at what are, what are other churches doing around the states and internationally, and then last, we're going to look at what is God doing. So first, I want to do a quick overview of the mi- local mission works that we're a part of. You just heard from Paul Whitmire. So Paul and Car- not Paul and Kara, but Paul and Suzanne Whitmire are down at Cross and Crown, and they've been doing work, loving and serving uh, down in Oklahoma City for years. And we are honored to be a part of that great work. It's just a blessing, and you saw it. Um, the heart there, the way they pray and care for that neighborhood. They moved in. Love moved into that neighborhood, and it's made all the difference. Next, we have Benevolence Ministry. Monima Stevens and a team of volunteers partner with Shepherds of Love, which is a group of churches here in Edmond, but also in Oklahoma City, that work together to help families that are in crisis with utility bills or whatever's kind of coming up that's sending them into um, a season of just uh, panic, usually. We also partner with the Hope Center here in Edmond, And that's one where we, it's just a safety net for families that are living on that edge. Weekly, we have people walk in or call, and it's heartbreaking to hear their stories. And the benevolence ministry that that you're a part of, that helps ease their pain, pays a bill. We pray for them, we look them in the eye and listen, but it's making a difference, and I'm thankful for it. We also are part of WizKids, and that's an organization that, that's across the metro, but it works with kids in after-school tutoring. It's usually in a church building, and kids are partnered with adults, and they just read once a week. Um, it's just having an adult in your corner as a kid. It can make all the difference. We also support Lilyfield, and that's an organization that helps families that are seeking to adopt or be respite care, or step into foster care. We've helped 
and supported Lilyfield for years. And our f- this church family, that's of high value here. We have families right now seeking to adopt. We have families in foster care, helping with foster care or giving respite care. So it's something we value deeply. In the last couple years, we've done something a little new called the welcome table. And this is where we make room at our table for, the lo- for just a little extra room for those who are seeking connection and seeking God. We are hoping that at the welcome table, it's a time where we give each other the gift of presence and a shared meal. But it's not just a meal. We're also sharing the love of Jesus. And I know it's a wonderful time for our Friends Speak readers to join us and get to know you. Some of you may remember that we even had several families come from the Turkish community. And they, they shared the meal, and it was great. They were so thrilled to meet, to meet you, and they're going to come back in May. And they said, this time we want to bring more food, and you, f- you cook, and we'll cook, and we'll all eat together. Friends Speak is one that, another one of our li- mission local that we do every week. We practice conversational English free using the Gospel of Luke to anyone that wants it. But we sit down and have conversations weekly that are life-giving. Every week, we're talking about faith and Jesus. I see week after week that the stories that Jesus told are powerful. They create the most beautiful, simple conversations that just go to the heart of living and loving. John Tompkins, reader Abdul, we had invited him to a welcome table, and I was like, hey, what's your favorite dessert? I want to make it for you. And he said, I don't come to the welcome table for food. I come for spiritual food. He comes for connection. So here are just some of the mission local things that we, efforts that we are involved with right now. And you can see, it is very, very good. But second, we have a treat. We are, we're going to talk a little bit about, about what, what's happening in other places in the U.S. and around the globe. We have a treat that the Let's Start Talking board is with us. Let's Start Talking ministry is a ministry that's 40 years old. In fact, they're celebrating at 2.30 on campus, a birthday party for Let's Start Talking. Um, but Scott and Kim Lambert, I'm going to have you guys come on up. Scott and Kim Lambert are, have had 30-plus years of ministry experience. Um, they were campus ministers at Pepperdine when John and I were there a long time ago. And they were also for Kairos, is it Kairos Church Planting? They worked for several years, so they mentored and helped uh, churches start. And then right now they're working with Let's Start Talking, which is one of the best ministries, I think, of the Churches of Christ. So thank you. Welcome, Scott and Kim, and thank you for being here. So I wanted to just ask you a few questions, because I know your your ministry experience is 30, how many years? 30 plus? Let's go with 10. Oh, no, that's not true. Yeah, 30 plus, yeah. 30 plus, 30 plus. So we want to talk about just a little bit, you know, our theme is connection, and you know, I can't think of better connectors than you guys, honestly. And we've, I mean, when we were in our 20s, we were in Moscow together in 1991. 
and uh, you guys led that team. You blended a team of Pepperdine and OC together, which beautiful, and it's so, it's so funny to think about it now. How long ago was that? 29 years ago. Yeah, yeah I was a baby at yeah. the time. That's right. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. And um, so we want to just pick your brain a little bit. We know that you guys are just have so much experience, not only here, but in all over the world. But what, what would you say make good connecting churches? Well, I love, um, I love the idea that we are so connected. Like you said, we've, we've got a great history of being connected to the Osbournes and to many of you in this church. And so it is really a pleasure to be here today and to, to concentrate on your theme of connected. And... Um, one thing that I see throughout the ministry experiences that we've been blessed to have, um, and then let's start talking especially has drilled it into us, and that is that conversations matter. Mm -hmm. And I know that seems fairly simple. Of course, conversations matter. But if you think about it, we really can't be in relationship until we start having conversations. So whether it's the hard conversation or the easy one or the intentional one um, or just, just the, you know, off in the grocery store conversation, it's really about that relationship that has to get started because of conversations. And I know you all do that well. I can just, from, from the list of ministries that you all have, uh, that you just listed, um, you guys are having conversations, and I think that's important. Mm-hmm. We talk about the, the phrase, the conversation is the relationship. You know, I mean, that's it. That's really all you have. You know, imagine being married but never talking, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I hope this is a talking church. It's uh, conversations that really matter. We, we kind of, we're not that brilliant. Kelly helped us with some ideas or with some questions. So when, <laughs> when we would talk back and forth, I kind of was like, I want that one. And Kim would say, I want that one. And we settled on this because I think conversations matter. And the second piece to that, in healthy, growing, connected churches, um, their people are really good at inviting. Yeah. There you go. Now, now you, you know their minister should be, right, and the leader should be and all that stuff. Uh, and it's even tempting to say, well, they get paid to invite people to come. But healthy, growing, vibrant churches are when you say, hey, you want to go to church with me? It's that simple. Sometimes they're inviting churches and they're, they connect. Um, they're willing to step out and kind of take a bold risk now and then. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I, I want to say... Uh, in my years in ministry, I've seen a huge shift in America, and I actually think it's a good thing, even though it's not going to sound like it at first. America's a lot less unchurched than it used to be. Duh, right? Does everyone know that? Um, we moved here from Los Angeles uh, three and a half years ago. We moved to Fort Worth, and it's been odd to move to Texas and be in the South because the assumption is everyone's a churchgoer. Kind of right, because in Los Angeles you you meet someone and go, oh, you go to church, I do too. Wow, you're a Lutheran? I don't care. You go to church? Oh my gosh, you know, what a, it's it's like in in moving to the South these last three years, we have found that that is not true, and we are now a couple of generations. Many people are a couple of generations away 
from a live, active Christian community. Or they've been hurt and burned by something at church. And there's a hunger and a depth to be in community. And most of the time, good connecting churches, their people just invite. They just invite. That's good. They just invite. Thank you. Thank you. Another thing I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on is that we we know together, all of us, Paul and Carol and uh, Don and Cindy Horacassi, Paul and Carol Brazel in Antwerp and Don and Cindy in Hildesheim, and we know that you know them. And not all of us have had the joy of getting to see where they are ministering in the churches that they have um, grown and just loved for 30 years. I think both of them have hit the 30 mark. Is that right? 30 plus. 30 plus, I think. So, yeah. So why don't you guys, maybe one of you pick Don and Cindy and one of you pick... uh, uh, yeah, Paul and Carol, and let's just tell us about what you've, how you have experienced them and what you've seen over the years, because it's been decades. I mean, you guys have known them since yeah. they maybe, did you know them when they first went on the field? I dated Cindy for 72 you hours. You dated Cindy. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'll let him talk about the work has obviously. <laughs> I'll I'll pick Paul and Carol. So we met Paul and Carol, yes, in the early 90s over there. But it was um, 1996 that we got to be the Let's Start Talking team with our family. We have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And we got to go over there and be six weeks with them in Antwerp, Belgium. And it was a wonderful six weeks. Their kids were older than ours, but still, uh, you know, it's nice to have somebody that's just ahead of you so you can learn a lot as young parents uh, by watching and being a part of them so their family life was healthy. Um, After our time with them for six weeks, we we instilled in one of our family traditions was Friday night pizza night. Carol would make pizza every night uh, for anybody that was in town, and we would always go there for pizza night. So their family... Um, dynamics and um, the commitment to family was something that came across real strong. Their work in Belgium uh, was inspiring for us. You know, I think sometimes uh, Europe, we kind of romanticize it and think, oh, how wonderful they get to live in Europe, which is true. It's good, but it's hard work. It's hard work. Um, And so we got to see their hard work one thing to note, um, that, f- that church will always be special to us, as I know they are to you. But for us, one special moment, our daughter was one years old. And as we're standing around after church is over and she's kind of in the middle, we put her down to, she was getting fussy. Well, she starts and takes her first steps in the Antwerp church building there in Belgium. And so for us, that was extra special to share that moment with them. And then we just recently saw them in April and uh, got to stay in their home again. And we've seen them throughout the years. But again, I just felt so inspired. They have been there for the long haul. Yeah, This has not been just go over there one and done they are there and that's mm-hmm. home and they they reach out to those people yeah they're church members they're committed yeah. so thank you for being committed to them yeah we are we are committed to them be- because it's easy to say well there might be more receptive spots to invest our money because western europe's a tough place it's post-christian you know what i just said about america times 10 two world wars will do that to you rough century for christianity you know, I'm telling you, they, it, it, you're almost maligned if you have an active belief in God. 
And yet, these families have chosen to go uh, give, honestly, give their entire lives. Yeah. They're not Oklahomans anymore. No. They're Belgians and they're Germans. And so yeah, we were with Don and Cindy uh, in April 2, and, and Kyle and Susan, the, the two couples that have been kind of the lead church planters. But it's not just the lead church planters anymore. They've got people that now lead in the church, and they've got um, um, a sophistication that comes with maturity. And, and, and that's just a longevity question. Our daughter, the same one who took steps in Antwerp, um, and we only have one daughter, so no confusion. But uh, <laughs> She was an intern for a summer with Don and Cindy in Hildesheim because she saw something special. We've had people in our home from the Hildesheim Church that weren't Christians until they met Don and Cindy. It was the vehicle that God used to bring them into their lives. Totally interesting, totally European kind of thing. They were living together, living together. And Don and Cindy... Help them navigate that as they met Jesus, and now they've got beautiful, and they're married and have a beautiful family. I mean, it's just special. And so I think the commendation to the Springs is that you stuck in there with Western Europe, and thank you. One of the indicators that we often get, we sometimes try to go to the big European gathering of churches from our network once a year, and you go in, and it's that was Don and Cindy's intern. That was, oh, they were with Paul and Carol, and now they have a church. And, mm -hmm. and the longevity that you have invested in them is going to bring great eternal consequences back to a continent that is in need of active Christians to show faith again. Not just the great yeah. cathedrals, but the great communities of Christ. Yeah, I think that's so true. And they, they influence, their influence is very evident in both countries that they've been in for a long time. But their influence is also evident here because they come home every other year and they mentor and shepherd and love and pray for us all summer long. And every year, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's, it's so good for us as well because they've shepherded us through the years. So, yeah, we feel very connected to them. Hey, and I better finish my story. I dated Cindy for 72 hours. I mean, she dumped me like a bad pancake, you know. It was, man, <laughs> Don used to scare the snot out of me. We were all college <laughs> students at York College. He was a basketball player, and sometimes we'd get an intramural game, and we were scared to death of him. So a couple of years later, I heard Don Rorkazzi was going to be a missionary. What? You know? <laughs> And he would take you down on that basketball court, but it tells you exactly what Christ does. Because he came to York, not really following Jesus, not really a Christian. Yeah. And, and there you go, right? Right. And so the power of the gospel, and we can't, we just can't take little snapshots. We have to see the big picture of God's hand. That's right. Yeah. And right. Cindy and I are good friends now. Well, you know they are watching from California And I am too. Today. I'm good friends with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they were in Wuhan, and now they're in yes. quarantine in California. They're getting a two-week vacation in That's Southern right. California. So they said but they were going to be on the live stream today, yeah. so, they are the, so we can wave to them. Um, so thriving churches, thriving churches. You have seen churches all over the U.S., especially during your time in California, where you guys, you know, worked with young, new churches. Plus, you've seen all sorts of international churches over the years. What would you say is a marker for a thriving church? Well, my quick answer, right, is I think 
A thriving church. Okay, so there's, there's a paradigm out there sometimes that churches adopt that you have to believe before you can belong. And what I've seen in thriving churches, that paradigm has shifted. You can belong before you believe. It's let's go on this journey together. We may not see eye to eye on many things or anything, but let's, let's let the Spirit come and be a part of our church, and let's let the Spirit and the Word um, speak in, back into your life. Mm -hmm. And so I think churches that are thriving, that are healthy, they're, uh, they allow themselves to let people belong well before they have the same beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a distinction I've seen between perhaps healthy and, and not so healthy churches. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, if you invite them, you better invite them to belong before they get all their beliefs right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Kelly, when you asked that question uh, this week, I, it made me really think, and I, it's easy to kind of give technical answers, you know, and stuff, but I've landed in my heart on a, uh, what I hope is a deeply spiritual answer. Um, I think a church t in every era, duh, what I'm about to say is a duh, but you need to invite God to show up every time two or more are gathered. Um, I grew up in a heritage that I loved to death, but we were kind of ahead heritage and a head and a heart and the hands are all three that are needed you know for people to sense that God's there uh, man you need you need some good head time you need good theology and good doctrine we've saw today I mean you need good hands you got to do stuff you can't just come together here but the heart's a, a big part of it too and so I at the little mantra that we started um in our little church planning network, invite God to come on Sunday morning too. Allow there to be uh, reactions to things. I sat down, I, just, I, I said I was going to remember the song. I started crying up here. And um, allow people to meet God at church too. Don't kind of control it. I love the table. I love the laughter. I love what you have here. It feels like God's here today. So I think as leadership and as people, invite God to come to church too. And people will respond because they're hungry for the thing that church has and how God uses church, and that's community. Thank you guys so much for sharing with us this morning. Can we just say we're impressed with this church, and we always have been. Well. And um, impressed that you have weathered lots of storms to come to a strong place of vision and a strong sense of mission and identity. And God is going to use you like crazy. He already is. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, just right there. It's great. Thanks again, you guys, for that. Well, so the last, and kind of bringing it all together, my last point was, what is God doing? And I think sometimes that we can look at mission and we think it's that thing way off over there, but I think it's something that we, we can all step towards, connection. 
We can all step in towards this. Last week, Ben read Ephesians 1.10, and he summed it up so well. He said, if someone asks you what God is doing in the world, you can tell them that he is uniting all things. And I want to bring it back to that this morning. God is uniting all things in heaven and on earth. He is connecting us. We hear more and more that we are divided as a people. But I've been wrestling with this thought, this thought of division, this chasm between us, this never, we'll never be able to reach across the aisle again. And while I can understand that we can divide a room quickly with our opinion, maybe this rhetoric of division isn't as true as we're being told or we are being led to believe. I wonder if this noise that we hear is really the whisper and the ache of separation. It's a cry for connection. Just as it says in Ephesians 1.10, as the plan for the fullness of time to to unite all things, all things in him, in heaven and on earth. I remember a time in my teen years when connection was really hard. I was a high school cheerleader. I know it's hard to believe. I only had to do a cartwheel. It was Wyoming. (laughs) (laughs) And my mother was the cheerleading coach. But anyway, we had a really young cheerleading coach that came in, and she taught the varsity of this halftime routine. My mom was in charge of the JV and freshmen. So we practiced hard, and finally we were going to run it by my mother, and then it was gonna, we were going to do it for the basketball game. So we did it, and my mother immediately cut it. Done. Inappropriate. It's over. Of course, we're miffed. She gathers up all the, te- all the teams together, the freshman JV varsity, and she is giving her speech why we're going to cut this varsity routine, and it's, this is what it is. So she started her speech in mid-speech. I stood up, then I walked out, looking her kind of like defiantly in the eye the whole time. She stood firm, finished the thing. I went to the locker room, but the next two days at home, we had a knockdown drag out. Now, she was kind. I did the knockdown, and I did the drag out. I tried everything I could do to change her mind. I argued, slammed doors, cried argued again, start again. I gave, I did whatever I could. But in the end, she hugged me. After two days, she hugged me. We both cried. It was over. I think she could see past my words, my anger, my tears. And she could see the whisper of my fear and vulnerability. She didn't agree. We didn't agree, but it didn't matter. She loved me. She pursued me. She listened to me. And in the end, she did that awesome mom move of, come here. I think we're tempted to opt out of connection. And let let each of us just kind of say what we think and then go our own ways. 
I think we're tempted to step back, to step out, to step away. And when we do that, I think we need to stop and take notice. Because God's work is connection. And connection is really hard. He calls us to connect, to come here, to step in. We need to stay close enough that we can hear each other's whisper. When we step toward connection, we're joining God according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ for the plan of the fullness of time. For the fullness of time to unite all things in heaven and on earth. So this week, I want to begin by these three steps. First, I want you to give thanks. Join me in thanking God for the good work in front of us. It's a gift. This mission local that we have is a gift. We have opportunities to join him in connecting. Second, would you pray with me? Where is your part? Where is your piece of the puzzle here? Where can you step in? And lastly, with new eyes, I want us to look for ways that God is uniting all things. This is bigger than us. This is bigger than this church. Where is he uniting all things? And ask God how we as a church can connect with that. I want to finish this morning with the passage from Ephesians 7 through 10. And I'm going to read it, and it's so rich. I want you to listen to this. So this is Ephesians 1, 7 through 10. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavishes on us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things all things in heaven and on earth let's stand and sing